Hey, y'all, and happy Taco Tuesday, if it happens to be Tuesday in the year of your Lord, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's like 2042 and maybe the ice caps haven't completely melted and New York isn't underwater. If Florida's underwater, I'm okay with letting that state go. But let's hope that New York isn't underwater, at least by this point. Um, Of course, it's me. I'm back just for a little bit. And thank you for listening to the lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there who have a chance to listen, enjoy an episode. And maybe it makes you laugh, maybe it makes you cry, or maybe it just makes your existence of whatever period of time you're in right now better than what's outside of your front door. I don't imagine listening to a whiny, nasally gay boy can be better than most things, but... If it's better than something or if the apocalypse has started and this is the last facet of mankind to be heard by aliens, I'm okay with it. I think that we've done it. But today, something I want to talk about that I think is important and maybe it'll be a little start to your day. Maybe this will help on your commute or maybe it won't help at all. And in other words... You can go get donut therapy today. Stop and get a dozen glazed donuts. Treat yourself. It's Taco Tuesday, so why not have donuts during Tuesday? That makes no sense. Don't think about it. Just go about your day with it. It's a gem to hold on to for later. But I want to talk to you about something today, and that is the dream. The dream. The dream, it's the life that we have idealized in our heads and where we wanted to be at a specific point in our life. I experienced the dream almost every other month. I would say about that, this point in my life, it's gone from every day to about every other month where I look at my life and I evaluate. And now at this point, I'm like, hey, I'm completely off the rails of where I thought it was gonna be. My dream originally was focused in sexual health care, getting to a place where I opened my own nonprofit practice to treat and prevent HIV and AIDS and others STIs and sexual health in general. And now I'm on a completely different path, playing with people's teeth and getting them organized and straightened up in line like a person without a budget who finally meets an accountant. That's what I'm doing with my life. And I enjoy it. I love what I do. I have tons of fun. But yesterday was a day for myself to even realize that sometimes the dream can get tiring. And my dream is to be able to live a life of comfort, stress-free, and as much relaxation as possible. That's my dream. That's my goal. That's what I'm driving myself to. And some days it can get so hard to see the forest through the trees because you're still trucking along to that dream, enjoying that journey that you're on, making sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's and getting to where you wanna be in this life. But at the same time, you realize that this life, it's a bit of a fuck bitch. It is a fuck boy. This life can be a fuck boy at times. It can literally turn you upside down and you have no idea what's going on. But then, Let's go back to it. That's where the dream comes in handy. Because while the dream is a goal and it could be a lofty goal, one that you have to work very, very hard to get to, it's worth it. 
because it's your dream, it's your passion, it's your goal, it's what you want to get to. And because it gets so hard and cloudy to see sometimes, it can be easy to give up on. Or maybe you just feel like, I just need a break. I just need a break. And sometimes you had to take that little break. So go ahead and take your break today. If this is your break, that moment where you just want to listen to something other than it's going to be okay or you can make it through it. Sometimes you just need to experience the feeling of, hey, the dream is still there. I'm still going towards it. But today I just need somebody to understand that I just need a break. And there's nothing wrong with that. If your break consists of maybe you're going to play hooky from work or maybe you're going to eat a little bit extra that you thought you weren't going to eat just because you want that moment of I've done everything. I've kept myself in line, but now I just need that day to let loose of the dream, to deviate from the path and just to get back to enjoying myself. It's a treacherous journey at times. But we make it through it. And like I've said before, it's scary business when you step out your front door. If you don't keep your feet, there's no telling where you'll be swept off to. And sometimes that can be fun when you're on your journey to the dream, the goal, the destiny, the path. And then other times it can just be incredibly, incredibly taxing. Now, with all that being said, the dream getting to your dream, understanding your dream, loving it. Once you finally reach it, I hope it's a moment of just divine enlightenment for everybody who gets there. And even if you don't get there, I hope you get enlightenment on your path. It'll be something great and enjoyable. The one thing that I can say is if you're having a tough day, go into the kitchen, make some pancakes because who doesn't love a fluffy, buttery disc of cake? It's just the best. It's one of the best things in the world. And that's going to be my remedy for when my dream gets a little taxing and I get a little tired. And sometimes I just want to lay back and close the windows and say, fuck the world for a few hours. So with all that being said, y'all, I hope you have a great, fantastic Taco Tuesday. Eat tacos today because tacos are delicious. And eat donuts as well if you feel like you just need that extra little tasty sweet bit of enlightenment for yourself today aside from that of course you can interact with the show at all of the socials at lifestyle of a gay black boy or follow me on the tick tock at aj vandertunt um you know i'm using the tickies now girls so if you want to see me be funny every once in like three months when i actually post things then you know follow the tickies you'll enjoy it also today, I'm going to give you all another chance to listen to the Anything Show with Jean Francois, and John will be on Lifestyle very soon. We're going to tackle our mailbag because y'all have been sending in some questions. You've been sending in some good questions, some pretty nasty questions. You know, you ratchet people, y'all send me some things where it's like, oh, this was a serious question, and I'm happy that you felt comfortable enough to ask me, but I do have to say... That sometimes, y'all, just go with your instinct. If it doesn't look right, if it doesn't feel right, don't put it in your mouth. Just don't. Just don't. You don't have to do that. You can just keep your mouth closed and walk away. Or save that space in your mouth for something else. But it's another story for another time for another day. But 
John will be here to answer questions, questions that you've sent in, because most of the time I'm just going to tell you, hey, either kick that person to fuck out your life or keep pushing and don't worry what they have to say. Maybe we'll get a little more enlightenment on things where it can be, hey, sit down with this individual and possibly resolve the situation. But who knows? It could happen. But if you are interested in listening to The Anything Show or even following John himself, feel free to do so on the socials. You can listen, subscribe, follow, rate, and review The Anything Show with John Francois wherever you get your podcasts. On Facebook.com, it's The Anything Show. On Instagram and the TikTok, it is at Anything Show Francois. And on YouTube, under The Anything Show with John Francois. And also, you always have a chance to get shot glasses and keychains, which are available for 10 bucks for a glass and 5 bucks for a keychain. Just send John a DM on all of the socials. And we also have the $100 Ask Anything question. And you can win $100. All you have to do is just tell us what's on your favorite sandwich for a chance to win 100 of this USD, 100 doubloons, 100 won, 100 ducat, 100 greenbacks. I don't know what you call money in your area, but it's still $100. And all you have to do is tell us what's on your favorite sandwich. And you could have a chance to win on November 29th. So... If you want to get into it, get into it. If you want to be lazy and be that fuckboy today, the lazy fuckboy, that's on you. The lazy fuckboy, just in case you guys don't believe it exists. It does. This individual does absolutely nothing while they watch their partner go out and do everything to support and sustain the life that they have. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home individual. You could be a stay-at-home fuckboy, but that's a conversation for a different time. The lazy fuckboy is the one who decides to sit on his couch, do absolutely nothing while his partner gets it all, but then still continuously denigrates that partner, lets them feel like they are not doing what needs to be done to maintain the relationship on top of the fact that they're maintaining your financial livelihood and making them feel like they're less than. All while doing it from laying on the couch and possibly face planting in a pile of Cheetos. That's the lazy fuckboy. We've got more types of them coming. It's the time of year. The holiday fuckboys will be out. We may talk about fuckboys with John. I think it's going to happen. But aside from that, y'all, enjoy your day. If you have any time to reach out or interact, feel free to do so. And share this podcast with everybody. Strangers on the street, babies eating popcorn, which they shouldn't be. Or babies eating honey, which they shouldn't be. Or babies being babies, which they shouldn't be. Enjoy, y'all. Bye. All right, I'm in the mood to give you $100 and an anything show with Jean Francois shot glass and keychain Monday, November 29th. All you got to do is tell me what is on your favorite sandwich. I'm so boring and plain, I simply like peanut butter and jelly. So maybe you have something more exciting, or maybe you're as boring and lame as me and also like peanut butter and jelly. Either way, tell me what is on your favorite sandwich at facebook.com slash the anything show, Instagram and TikTok at anything show Francois. Monday, November 29th, your answer could be randomly chosen to win $100 and an anything show with Jean Francois, shot glass and keychain. Good luck. This week's episode was brought to you by Art Legends and History Podcast.
If you want to learn history like what was pop art, who was Andy Warhol, and why did that guy paint a can of soup, this is the show for you. You can find Art Legends in History wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Oh, let me tell you how frustrated I am with my mouth. My mouth feels so plain, boring, bland. I need some spice to liven it up. And thankfully, our good friends at Heart Soul Heat know what to do to really make my mouth going. They are the creators of Ghost Honey. Ghost Honey is 100% American-made hot honey. It's ghost pepper, infused raw honey, and it's going to be great on foods like pizza, fried chicken, rice, you name it. Ghost Honey is going to be right there for you. And for fans of the Anything Show with Jean-Francois, here's a special deal you got to take advantage of. 50% off your first order with the code anything at heartsoulheat.com use the promo anything at checkout you're going to get half off because really when it comes to your mouth we got to get spicy the anything show with jean francois is brought to you by a sensual romantic drama for the ages the mermaid and the lion find it wherever you get podcasts gaza i think i'm ready ready for what dinner Me too. No, I am kind of hungry, but not for food. I'm ready for us to go to the next level physically. What about the whole marriage thing? I didn't say anything about marriage. Then hell no. I'm not going there with you, Kimora. I'm not going to be that guy. the Magic 97.7 studios in Lindenville, Vermont. This is the Anything Show with John Francois. Stand by and remain cautious. Come on, why would you be cautious? We're so awesome. John Francois here in Vermont. Andrew Vanderton from the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast, joining me from Rochester, New York. Hello, Andrew. Hola. Oh, what a supersized show we have today. In fact, I think this show is going to be titled Supersize Without Consent because it's going to be a long-ass show that you didn't ask for. Uh, Coming up later on, I got a conversation with Frankie Grande. Yes, Ariana's brother and Hector Navarro. They are the hosts of the podcast SpongeBob Binge Pants, a a wonderful recap retrospective podcast where they literally recap every episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Nikki Trey from the Just Because You Can't See It Doesn't Mean It Doesn't Exist podcast podcast spoke with me and andrew the other night we're gonna play back that and do some fun icebreakers with her for our celebrity gossip pete davidson and kim kardashian pretend to be just friends you know i was uh talking to andrew before the show about pete davidson and he was like uh who the hell is that and then i showed him a picture and he's just like "Ooh, who is that <laughs> exactly. Scrum diddlydumptious. <laughs> All right. For, for, of course, we have Ask Anything this month, our giveaway where we are going to give you a $100 gift card and an anything show with Jean Francois, Shock Glass, and Keychain, November 29th. All you have to do is tell us what your favorite sandwich is. And for our headlines, oh, that nasty ass McRib is back for the billionth time. I'm sorry, Andrew. Did I already reveal my feelings about the McRib? <laughs> I think you did. All right. Well, still, we're going to talk about it because they're not advertising with us. So whatever. All right. Listen, subscribe, follow, rate, review the Anything Show with John Francois, wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Facebook.com slash The Anything Show, Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. You can also just search The Anything Show with Jean Francois on YouTube. Shot glasses and keychains are available. $10 for a shot glass, $5 for a keychain. 
All right, Andrew, you know the drill. Shall we get some started with some headlines? Let's do it. Yes! All right, like I said, that nasty-ass McRib should just go in the dumpster, but yet it's back at McDonald's locations nationwide for a limited time because, Andrew, it is actually the 40th anniversary of the McRib. Have you ever tasted the McRib? And if so, what are your thoughts? As a kid, I did. I used to love the McRib. It was delicious. And, uh, I mean, I know you're a vegan now. Uh, Would you have any craving to try it now? Um, no, I wouldn't because the McRib now is essentially vegan food just made with meat. So it's a very weird processed product. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. You know, um, the McRib had a reunion thing like a few years ago and I bought into it. I tried the McRib then for the first time, I think like two years ago. I tried it in the car and I remember just being like, oh my God, like this is like 99% barbecue sauce with meat that's not actually real meat. And then it had like some onions and lettuce stuff. It was, it, it's what you would expect from a barbecue sandwich made from McDonald's. It just wasn't up to par. I agree. You'll know something's from McDonald's because it's always off. It's like, I know this is chicken, but it tastes like McDonald's chicken. <laughs> exactly. I just had a McDonald's meal today for lunch, and, you know, you taste the fries, you taste the, the, the Big Mac. I mean, the Big Mac itself, like you said, it looks like cardboard. It doesn't even look like an actual burger. Uh, and the fries, like, you leave the fries out for two minutes. They all of a sudden turn into an artificial museum piece. They're not even real food anymore. So, ugh, I can go on and on about McDonald's unless they advertise, in which I'll say, y'all are sexy. It's great with I'm loving it. <laughs> exactly. I'm loving it, but now I'm <laughs> hating it. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, Andrew, this contractor in England posted a screenshot after one of his employees texted and said he could not come to work because he did not have any clean socks. The guy claimed it was his girlfriend's fault because she didn't do laundry. Now I'm thinking, Andrew, this guy deserves to be unemployed and single like nobody's business. Yeah, promote him to customer. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> Go ahead and do that. Get him out. Yeah, yeah. You know what they say about the customer is always right? No. The customer sometimes is right, and the customer is sometimes crappy. And this is an, it, it, this is an example of a, cra- of a crappy customer. I, yeah, I can't understand this. How do you have dirty socks but you work? Mm. You should at least have a pair of clean socks if you have a job. Yeah. This is my work socks, and this is my in-the-house socks. Put it in yeah. separate piles. It's just that obvious. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, Andrew, this woman was asked out by a man who bumped into her while she was walking her dog a while back. She did not give him her number. He got it from the dog's collar. The woman thought it was creepy and blocked him. You know, I can understand. I can kind of understand where the woman is coming from, because I feel like if the man was actually direct with her, like, hey, just so you know, like, you know, I find you attractive. And I was wondering if you'd like to go out. Now, the woman in this case is married. But even so, I feel like it would have been a lot less creepy if he was direct about his feelings. I would have loved it if he was direct by his feelings. I personally would love if somebody did this to me, though, because I'd be like, hmm. He's giving off a little stalker research advice. <laughs> At least I know he's going to put effort into getting to know me. Yeah, if you follow uh, Andrew Vandertunt at AJ Vandertunt, you'll know that he is a sucker for guys with red flags. And uh, I think this is right up your alley. It sure is. Like, I would love for him to text me and say, hey, I love what you're watching on television right now. And I'd be like, oh. He's somewhere outside my windows. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. you like what I'm watching on television? Maybe you'll also like it when I take my pants off just a little bit. 
<laughs> that sounded creepy the way I said it too, right? <laughs> you, it did, but that was the perfect tone of voice. So you could probably get a good like reaction from your partner with that. All righty. Well, I guess I'll be that guy. I'll be right at your front door, Andrew. So get ready. Watch out. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. A new poll asked everyday Americans if they thought their life would make an interesting reality TV show. 25% said yes. And I think you also said yes, too, Andrew. Can you tell me what makes your life an interesting reality show? You never know what's going to happen when you step out of my front door. My life is currently spiraling out of control, and it's just a fun ride. So come on. Really? Not really. My life is not spiraling out of control. <laughs> but... You leave my front door, you could end up at a club, you could end up at a hospital doing something volunteer-wise, or you could just end up, you know, getting chased by the cops. Well, you know what? One of those Halloween parties that you attended uh, the other night could be a reality show in itself. Can you tell me about, like, the uh, sort of clumsy, almost injured experience that you had? Yeah. Walking into this uh, party, a great time, I was going to the bar. I had on my nun costume and a great pair of high heels. A guy who's dressed as Batman in a thong had a very long cape on, Ooh. and his cape got wrapped around my heel. So he decided to just pull my cape, his cape with all of his strength, which drug me along the floor. I fell down. I hit a fan, and it hurt. Yeah. You know, it was almost over. At that moment, my life flashed before my eyes, but I was fine, a little cut. Threw on some sneakers, and the night kept going. And the fact that you had that near-death experience with that life flashing before your eyes, I would want to see that on national television. Your struggle is my entertainment. Yeah. Can you imagine the commercial trailer? <laughs> all the cameras, like, going all rapid, and it's just falling down. Is Andrew going to die it. with his tights on? Find out tonight at 11. <laughs> it is the last 30 seconds of the show Yeah, oh god, it's always the last 30 seconds of the show That's always when the cliffhanger happens It's just awful, <laughs> you have to wait that long Alright, Andrew um, You know, I, I gotta, I gotta uh, ask you this uh, When you see a dog do a cute head tilt and look confused What do you think that dog is thinking? I think they're like, that's my best friend I'm connecting with him Really? Well... Mm -hmm. A recent study says that when the dog does that confusing-looking head tilt, they actually might be a genius because what they're doing is actually processing what you're telling them or what you're trying to say to them. Like, they're, you know, dogs are pretty good at picking up words, learning certain phrases that you say to them all the time. So when you, t when you see them tilt their head and look confused, that's usually what they're doing. It's just like, huh, okay, he's saying walk, he's saying bath, he's saying go outside, okay. He's saying something new, maybe something about the papers. Um... And uh, my dog, Buddy, does it. And when he does it, it's the cutest thing ever. I never get tired of it. So I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> they would be great for interrogation. The dog just does that, and you're like, okay, I got to <laughs> Rough. Huh. Did you murder that bitch, or did you not murder that bitch? <laughs> and, you know, bitch is a female dog. So literally, it's, it's you're talking about a female dog. Right. It's bark-on-bark bark crime, but it's okay. Oh, yeah. Bark-on-bark uh, bark crime. Almost as good as black-on-black black crime. Love it. <laughs> you know, speaking of pets, a majority of pet owners in a recent survey admit that they do unhygienic things with their pets, like letting them kiss them, which I used to not mind doing with my dog, Buddy, but recently, especially with his bad breath, no, 
get away from me. Um, and let's see, allowing them to sleep on their beds, which I'm guilty of. I mean, I like that bond that you share with pets when you let them sleep on their beds. Now, here's where it gets too far, Andrew. Here's where I want your opinion. 6% of people say that they actually bathe with their dogs and cats. Would you be the type of pet owner to do that? Oh, no. My dog will know. This is your bathing space. This is mine. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, sure, we could bathe like we could use the same shower or bathtub to bathe, but I got my boundaries. I'm going to take my naked time. You'll have your naked time, even though you're naked all the time anyway. And <laughs> that'll be that because, you know, the dogs, I mean, they got all the fleas and, and fur and everything rubbing off on them. You don't want that on your body. Come on now. I just feel like you want it smell good and your dog can't like bees around you in the shower. It feels like it just would not work. Yeah, yeah. It would just be awful. So pets, humans, separate now. That's the only time where segregation is allowed. Yeah, especially when you're in water. Separate. Exactly. All right, Andrew, I got to wish you a happy No Shave November. I mean, we've been celebrating like year round because uh, for those of you that don't know what Andrew and I look like, we both are handsome black men with beards. And uh, No Shave November, obviously, the whole point of it is to grow your facial hair throughout the month of November uh, for awareness of like testicular and prostate cancer. Now, Andrew, I've always been fascinated by this because I, I think I recently learned that cancer patients cannot grow facial hair so to me it's always been like wait a minute so we're honoring them by growing something that they cannot grow like you know what i mean like does that seem confusing or am i crazy it really seems confusing i've never really understood no shape of November until i got a breakdown but now you brought it full circle i'm just like i don't understand why we do the growing we should shave it yeah like, I feel like a way to be uh, side by side with them is to, like, shave our heads, shave our beards, you know, uh, 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 on the understanding that cancer patients cannot grow hair on their face or head. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's a very interesting concept, this No Shave November. You know, it's also interesting, a poll that found 37, for, no, not 37, a poll that found 34% of Americans are going to spend the holidays with at least one person they don't like. Andrew! Is there at least one person in your holiday brood that you don't like that you have to spend the holidays with? Thankfully, no. If I don't like them, I'm not there. So I, nobody ever invites somebody that I don't like to an event. I like you, man, because you're the kind of person that's like, you know what? Life is too short to be involved and standing next to people that are just really difficult and cause drama. Uh, I mean, fortunately, uh, you know, I usually spend the holidays, you know, family, maybe some friends here and there. Uh, my girlfriend's family will be included in my holiday routine this year. And I think everybody I'm OK with. I don't think there's really anybody that I have drama with. And just like you, Andrew, if there's somebody that I have drama with, then most likely I'm going to be like, OK, back it up, back it up. So there you go. All righty. Fun fact, Andrew, did you know that only 14, no, I'm sorry, only 15 of the 49 U.S. vice presidents have gone on to be president, including our very own current president, Joe Biden. Wouldn't vice president be the greatest gig in the world, Andrew? Because literally you just wait for the president to die. And that usually doesn't happen that often, except for like maybe two cases. Right. I would love it. You get all, like, the fun without any responsibility. I would love to just walk in the area that you want, like, I'm the vice president. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you here for? Because I'm the vice president. Exactly. I'm one heartbeat away from the presidency. Now, 
Let me get in the front of the li- let me get in the front of the line so I can get some damn free Applebee's. Damn it! Right now, those mozzarella sticks from Applebee's. I don't know if they make them anymore, but twenty years ago they were great. I would do it. Okay. So put that in your itinerary, Andrew. If you become vice president one day, go to Applebee's. If they don't have that those mozzarella sticks, you can basically order them to make those mozzarella sticks because you're basically saying, hey, one day I could rule the damn country and shut you guys down. So make those mozzarella sticks now. I'll remember you if they're not melty. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, what are we doing here? 59% of remote workers say they would work from home while sick. Now, Andrew, I know uh, part of the work that you do is work from home. You've worked home while sick before? Yeah, I did when I was working at the health clinic and we transferred to home. I had the flu, but it was so easy to work from home. I didn't feel stressed like I had to go someplace do work really because i would think that even if you're like working from home while sick you're still sick like you don't have the energy like you'll look like crap on zoom you'll you'll sound like crap if you're talking over the phone to people but i mean how was it easy for you for me it was just like okay let me take my meds dope myself up sit down get this work done and in between the time that i have just take a little nap where I'm not dealing with anybody, and then I'm ready to go for the next one. All right. Well, Andrew Vandertunt, the uh, effortless sick employee for the ages. What an example. I love that. Um, you know, uh, I guess you're not going to be going to, to an emergency room anytime soon with your great immune system. Uh, our next headline here, can you believe it? Yes, we can. A woman near Atlanta uh, named Taylor Davis, she recently showed up at an ER with a minor head injury. She ended up walking out because they were too busy to treat her. But of course, because it's the ER, it's the hospital, they love to charge you for any old thing. The hospital still charged her $700. She never got treated, just waited, 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 left. She got impatient, still got that $700 bill. Now, have you ever had an experience like that with the ER, Andrew? I have. I got to the ER one time and got like a $1,000 bill. Jesus, for what? I went in and I was bleeding. Well, I can't say I was bleeding internally. It wasn't that serious. But I had an ulcer and I noticed blood when I went to the bathroom. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, let's go to the hospital. They told me what it was. And I was there for 30 seconds. And they charged me $1,000. Did you have insurance? Uh, Yeah, I had insurance. That was what I had to pay. I had terrible insurance. I had a high deductible health plan. Wow. It just was not good. Man. All right. Well, you know, my story is a lot more dumb. I did not have insurance. I made the mistake of going to the emergency room uh, without insurance. This was actually like a month before my insurance was going to start. So I think this was like late last year. And I just had a question about medication because I was asking like, oh, you know, my therapist recommends that I should go on antidepressants. So I just had questions about like, all right, you know, should can can I take a first dose? Like, who do I go to? What 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 brand of antidepressant should I take? Um, and sure enough, of course, for that simple question and answer session, they charged me about seven hundred bucks. Uh, and of course, when I got the insurance uh, at the beginning of this year, I was hoping like, hey, guys, so that ER appointment from last year, like, is there any way to cover that under my insurance? And they were like, uh, no. So I think I paid for that out of pocket. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
I get it. I get it. I'm terrible. I don't pay my medical bills. Yeah. All right, uh, Andrew, let's go from morbid emergency rooms and just wrap up with just dates. I love dating. I love talking about sex and dating and sex and dating. 29% of single people say their ideal date would include a meal. 27% said just drinks. 6% said just sex. Um, now, I'm curious about your thoughts, Andrew, because my for me, it depends on where I am with the significant other. So if it's a first date, then definitely a meal. Got to got to have some food. Got to uh, let got to got to get to know each other that way. If there's not much to talk about, at least we can talk about the food that we're eating. Uh, maybe like the fourth or fifth date, if we're like loose enough, like if things are OK, like we'll get drinks. Um, and then the the sex part. Because I'm me and nervous about the intimacy part of a relationship, I feel like that it's going to be like way further down the road, like close to the area where me and the girl are considering being in a relationship with each other. What's your idea of an ideal date, Andrew? Ideal date, if we're going to be in a relationship, we've got to go to a movie, have some dinner, a little wine. Yeah. That's always good. If it's like just drinks, then I'm going to say we're at an anniversary stage. We don't really need to do too much. It's just for fun. And if we're just having sex, it's like, this is just the sex, okay? If, for, if the sex is the date, it's like, what are we doing? I yeah. Know yeah. I, I, I am baffled at those first dates where it's like, like e even if they end up doing dinner first, uh, if there's, for me, if there's any sex involved in the first date, I'm just like, whoa, okay. Uh, either uh, we are very horny individuals that haven't had sex in like five or six years, or we are just anxiously trying to move along fast in this relationship and not really giving it the time it deserves, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like, huh, the tacos are great, but I guess we could try this out. Yeah, like, yeah. We should do it. Yeah, I think me and Tony, uh, my girlfriend, we waited maybe like a month and a half before we first had sex. Uh, and I think, I mean, a lot of that was just my own nervousness. I was like thinking in my head too much. And actually the night that we had sex was the same night where I asked her if she wanted to be in a relationship with me. Why? Cause I thought, okay, I don't want to get into a relationship with her and then find out then that we don't have any sexual chemistry. So I was like, all right, let me, let, let's find out if we have sexual chemistry first. And if that turns out, okay, then I'll ask her if she wants to be in a relationship. And it turned out, you know, even though it was clumsy, like it was fine enough where I was like, Hey, you want to go? steady with me baby <laughs> <laughs> yes go steady <laughs> i literally said that to her you can ask tony i literally asked her that and she laughed like crazy that night i was like because i was just like i was like nervous about it but also trying to be funny so yeah i was just like hey so i put my thing in your thing and it turned out okay shall we make it steady official you know what i'm saying <laughs> that is the best Oh, God. And from then and there, she realized, oh, boy, I'm stuck with this guy for the rest of my life. All righty. Uh, if you have a headline that you want to send to us, Facebook.com slash The Anything Show, Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Maybe, if possible, you can message us on our Anything Show with Jean-Francois YouTube page. All right. Jean-Francois here with Andrew Vanderton from the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy podcast. Find it wherever you get podcasts. It is really a fabulous listen. And 
And all right, coming up, Andrew, later on, uh, like I said, we have a conversation with Frankie Grande and Hector Navarro from the SpongeBob Binge Pants podcast. Also later on, me and Andrew are going to talk to Nikki Trey, a fabulous podcaster who does a great spotlight on mental health. Uh, Her podcast title is so long to name. I think it's like just because you can't see it doesn't mean you think it, it, it exists. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun with Nikki, play some icebreakers, talk to her about her podcast. It's going to be fun, fun, fun. All right. At the present time, Andrew, shall we remind people that they can win $100 and in anything show with Jean-Francois, Shot Glass, and Keek Shane on November 29th? Yes. Yes. It's Ask Anything. Oh, this is going to be the quickest Ask Anything of your life because we have a lot to get to during this show. The Super Size Show. All right. Uh, what is your favorite sandwich? What is on your favorite sandwich, I should say? Um, lots of great responses coming on our social medias. I'll just name two for now. Uh, Anthony says what's on his favorite sandwich would be turkey, lettuce, tomato, onion, jalapeno, toasted bread, and chipotle sauce. Tammy says uh, buffalo chicken with provolone, lettuce, and tomato on a roll. Do any of those sound appealing to you, Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is it because you're a vegan? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well. Take away the fact that you're a vegan. If you just like caved in and went nasty, went meat nasty for one day, like would you actually like eat one of these sandwiches? Yeah, I would give them a try. I would take like a good meaty bite. Yes, that's what Daddy Francois wanted to hear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Anthony, Tammy, great responses, and keep on responding, people. Facebook.com/slash Anything Show, Instagram and TikTok at Anything Show Francois. Sure, try to send us a message on our Anything Show with Jean Francois YouTube page. Andrew, can you send people personal messages on a YouTube page? I don't know. You know what? I don't know. We probably you can. You gotta be able to. Yeah. If not, then screw YouTube. I'm gonna sue them right now. <laughs> screw tube. Screw no, tube. Okay. No, 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 no. That's that should be our own website. We should do like a porn site called Screw Tube. Can we get all hardware and just screw in nails and porn? Yes. People will think people will think it's like all bare penises and vaginas, but actually, we're gonna just get a toolbox and do like sexual things with the tools. Yeah, uh, I would love that. All right, uh, you get the patent for it. You get uh, you get the trademark rights, and then we'll we'll get Screw Tube uh, on the way. We'll, we'll we'll give we'll give Red Tube a run for their money. Oh, they won't know what hit them. Yeah. All right, we we've deviated from the point. Obviously, you want to know how you can win <laughs> one hundred dollars in anything show with John Francois, Shot Glass, and Keychain. No, it's not doing sexually suggestive things with tools. You just have to tell us what is on your favorite sandwich on, on our social medias. And I've already told you all our social medias, so don't ask me to repeat it again. It's Ask Anything, y'all, November 29th. Please answer in time or else me and Andrew will do things with tools on you. No, we won't. We will do only that with consent because, of course, we are kind human beings. All righty, Andrew, uh, we got to take a break. And as always, do I have to ask you uh, if you have to pee or is that unnecessary at this point? I am all good. I'm drier than the Gobi Desert. Ew. Whoa. Okay. You're... I know. That was intense. I thought about that after it left my face. And, and also when you said that, you reminded, you reminded me of this nasty experience I had in the past when I was single. Um an old lady listener uh, who loved the sound of my voice at the radio station where I work at. I was turned on by her and we had phone sex and I imagined that her vagina was drier 
like the desert. So, you know, <laughs> why did I say that? I don't know. But this was in the past and Tony knows this. So it's all good. <laughs> I was a freaky man back in the day, Andrew. Yes. Yes. Dry old lady vaginas seem to be my thing. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but now the vagina that I'm with is quite not dry. And with that being said, let's take a commercial break. We'll be right back and try to clean this fucking mess up. My goodness, TV is just so boring nowadays. And on top of that, I want drugs, but I cannot afford them. And on top of that, I am still paying that damn alimony. So how about I solve my frustrations by reading How to See a Man About a Dog Collected Writings. Why? Because it's surreal. It's strange, just like me. It's How to See a Man About a Dog. And me as a dog owner, I can totally relate to this. I'm going to get my dose of surreal prose and poetry with this dark comedy collection. The ebook is available on Kindle Unlimited, and print copies are available on Amazon, the Book Depository, and more. Thanks so much for supporting The Anything Show with Jean Francois. So if you listen to The Anything Show with Jean-Francois, wherever you get podcasts, you might notice my adorable dog, Buddy. A Jack Russell Terrier mix that I got a little over three years ago in Iowa on the way to me moving to Vermont. Buddy has been a lovable, silly, loyal, mellow, smart, and overly anxious companion ever since. And little did we know that we would eventually be joined by my girlfriend, her best friend, and not only their five cats, but their five additional dogs. So you should not even ask me if I'm a dog person. No, duh, yeah, I am. And you know what? I've been looking for the perfect podcast for dog people like myself and certainly my girlfriend and her best friend, Jack Russell Parents. That's where it's at. Jack Russell Parents with married hosts Becca and Gabe. They explore all the heartfelt, humbling, and hilarious stories that all dog parents can relate to. They interview dog-centric artists and authors as well as certified trainers with excellent advice to help you improve your dog parents. On Thursdays, you got to tune in to their fast-paced Zoomisodes. This is where they highlight the latest in dog-loving entertainment and viral news stories. So, find Jack Russell Parents Podcast at jackrussellparents.com. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can follow them at JRT Podcast, or you can search for them, Jack Russell Parents, on your favorite podcast platform. Oh, my God. Well, for those of you that... Um, know the anything show you would know that usually after this commercial break we'll do the viral videos of the week but nope we're screwing up the system no viral videos we're getting right to celebrity gossip oh god all right andrew we're gonna start with pete davidson and kim kardashian now pete davidson if you don't know from saturday night live a new york post article has called him the warren Beatty of this generation because uh like warren Beatty back in his heyday where he had like three thousand women that he was dating all of them each, it seemed like two or three months at a time. Uh, it seems like Pete Davidson going through women like they are chicken nuggets at McDonald's. Um, you know, uh, it, it seems that, uh, Andrew, anytime an attractive woman comes on SNL, Pete is like, oh, hey, okay, let's see what this woman's all about. And then before you know it, you see in the tabloids that, uh, you know, Pete is with this woman. And right now, his latest conquest Kim Kardashian, they were seen holding hands while on a roller coaster at Knott's Scary Farm. And of course, you have those uh, tabloid sources that say, you know, they just hang in the same circles, so they'll be together from time to time. It's just friends hanging out. Do you believe that? I, I don't. It's looking at him. I've learned who he is now. And by name, I didn't know. By face, he could 
take my pants off. <laughs> exactly. You know, the New York Post article kind of explained the appeal of Pete Davidson, and it all comes down to the fact that that, that the guy is just brutally honest and confident in himself in a way that you may not see in a lot of guys. Uh, it transcends his looks. He does not have the traditional sort of Dwayne Johnson buffness with a good-looking face. No, I mean, Pete Davidson, tall, very skinny guy, pale, white, uh, tattoos, a lot of mental health issues, and the fact that he's open about that and he's, you know, very confident in the fact that, like, hey, I, I got crazy hair, I got a bunch of tattoos, this is who I am, a lot of women are attracted to that, and I respect that. So, you know, um, actually, Pete and Kim, we are led to believe that them being on the roller coaster was just friends hanging out, but the other night in Staten Island, where Pete is from, Andrew, they were spotted having a private dinner on the roof of this Staten Island restaurant. But as far as anyone's heard, they're still, quote, just friends, end quote. Mm-hmm. Oh, just friends. Yeah. You know, whatever their thing is that they've got going on, if he's a good dinner date, he's got to be a good guy. Well, I've heard that, you know, he's on good terms with all the women that he's dated. Like, all the women that he's dated uh, will say, like, oh, he's polite, he's sweet, he's honest. Pete himself has said that he'll treat any woman he's with like a princess. So... You know, maybe like the reason why he's not with them could be more of like a scheduling conflict kind of a thing. I know that's the reason why he ended up breaking up with that actress from uh, the Netflix show Bridgerton, um, Phoebe Dwiner or whatever. She, she played the lead girl in Bridgerton, if you've ever seen that show, Andrew. Oh, I love Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Pete, you know, he's uh, he's a ladies man. So we're just going to have to own up to it and realize that this is a new era of the uh, skinny white man with tattoos with all the mental health struggles in the world. They're sexy. They're the new sexy. They're the new they they're the new uh, Brad Pitt as we say. Yes, they look like they don't get sunlight, but don't smother you with a good hug. I mm. love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Alright, uh, well Olivia Rodrigo, if you remember, she went to the White House back in July and she said that President Biden gave her a shoehorn during her White House visit. Do you know what a shoehorn looks like, Andrew? Yeah. So I looked up a shoehorn on Google Images to see what it looks like. And as it turns out, uh, what Biden actually gave Olivia Rodrigo was an ice cream scoop. Now, I've seen shoehorns. Shoehorns look a lot bigger than ice cream scoops. That must be a really big. Yeah, that must be a really big ice cream scoop. Yeah, like a shoehorn is kind of flat and angular and grips like your foot shape. So to think that an ice cream scooper could be even confused with that. I don't know. That's really weird. Yeah, it's really odd. All righty. Um, now, me and Andrew, we've been uh, following this Alec Baldwin drama. Of course, uh, the big thing is uh, on the set of the movie Rust, Alec Baldwin, I think his character during a scene in the movie was supposed to fire a prop gun and he fired the prop gun. It looked like it was either a blank or something. Whatever fired from that prop gun actually killed the cinematographer uh, from that movie Rust. And, of course, it's a big story, you know, blame fingers, whatever, going all over the place. Some people thinking like, oh, Alex should be guilty. Uh, other people are questioning, you know, whether safety precautions were taken in, uh, on the set. Uh, so needless to say, Alec Baldwin and his family, they've been having a stressful time. And Alec, I can, I can only imagine, because he, of course, made it clear that it's, it wasn't his doing, that he was told that there, were, that there, that there was no live ammo in the gun. Uh, so yeah, of course he's feeling a lot of guilt and he's been trying to isolate himself, Andrew. Uh, but you know, the paparazzi, they're very fierce 
and they caught him at a roadside in this very state of Vermont where I'm based. And Alec just said, you know what? Screw it. Instead of trying to continuously run away from the paparazzi, I'm going to just own, I'm going to own to it. I'm going to have a press conference with the paparazzi. And uh, here's a little clip of the, uh, uh, his press conference with the paparazzi and uh, note that his wife Hilaria is also in this clip and she, and in this clip she is the epitome of uh, the significant other that uh, thinks that they should chime in on every single little thing when the other person's just like no 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 it's okay honey it's okay I, I got this it's okay I mean I appreciate your opinion but I got this it's it's my thing it's my problem take a listen what do you want to know? All right, Ali, what's the current state of what's going on with the cases? I'm not allowed to make any comments because it's an ongoing investigation. I've been ordered by the Sheriff's Department in Santa Fe. I can't answer any questions about the investigation. I can't. Okay. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. She was my friend. The day I arrived in Santa Fe to start shooting, I took her to dinner with Joel, the director. We were a very, very, excuse me, we were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. Now, I've been told multiple times, don't make any comments about the ongoing investigation. And I can't. I can't. I can't. That's uh, it. And you met with, what, are the, sorry, what are the questions that you have other than that? You met with the, uh, the, the, the um, I'm afraid I forget her name in a moment, but you met with her family? Uh, in the Helena. Day. Yes, her I name met is with Helena. If you're spending this much time waiting for us, you should you know, know her, her name. name. Her name is Helena. Helena Hutchins. I met with her husband, Matthew, and her son. Yeah, that's right. And uh, how did that meeting go? Uh, I wouldn't know how to characterize it. They're, 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 they're you, mortified. You guys, you, guys you know what? You, I mean, no details. But, but do, do me a favor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to question. <laughs> <laughs> Please, honey, it, it's okay. I, I got this. I got this. I know you're trying to help, but I got this. Oh man, what do you what did you think, Andrew? I one, I'm happy he made the statement at least to say something, so that way it satiates people who keep bothering him. But his wife, that is definitely me. If something's happening, like I would be like, okay, I understand it's on your phone, but I will jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got you, honey. I got you. But no, really, honey, it's okay. I don't No, I got you, honey. Uh, that overly supportive spouse. I just love that. All righty. Ed Sheeran, uh, he said he once questioned his sexuality, Andrew. He says, quote, I am not a hugely masculine person. I have a definite feminine side to the point where when I was a kid, I thought I was gay for a bit. I love musical theater. I love pop music. I love Britney Spears. And you know what? It just gets back to this idea of um, just the ridiculousness of stereotypes. Like, I've always been amazed by, oh, if you're like a certain outgoing personality with certain interests, then, oh, that, that certainly defines your sexuality rather than like, these are just the things that you're interested in and this is just your personality and who cares what your sexual identity is. That's your personality, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever found that uh, interesting? I have, 100%. Being somebody who's experienced it myself, I love that he made this statement because it at least lets people know, hey, maybe a kid's feeling confused or they don't know what their sexuality is, but they sort it out on their own. We don't have to do anything to influence them. Yeah. It's a pretty nice statement to read. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, because I 
have an outgoing personality uh, that's unlike a lot of straight guys, especially here in Vermont. I've, 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 of course, I've had speculation like, oh, he must be gay because, you know, he's outgoing and he, you know, can be flamboyant and puts on these effeminate voices and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, like it's, it's a split thing because on the one hand, it's like, all right, if I was in your position, maybe I'd make that assumption myself as well. But at the same time, it's like, eh, why can't you just, you know, look at the person that I am and leave the sexuality stuff to something else like like actually not assume until uh you get to know me until i tell you what my sexuality is you know right don't let the things i like determine who i am to you it's just one thing exactly you know as sharon speaking of which my god this guy's a musical genius he says he's gonna make 10 albums with symbols for titles but the next five won't be math symbols like the first two were and i'm just looking at this uh headline and i'm like the guy has 10 albums in him right now. That's insane. That is insane. You've already alienated me once because you used math symbols. Now you got more. I'm out. Yeah. I don't. Like I have trouble coming up with half an album of music, you know, much less 10 albums. So that is in freaking sane. All right. Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler, who is the Fonz from Happy Days. For those of you who are like 95 listening to us right now, <laughs> he's auctioning off his old memorabilia, including a Fonzie outfit from Happy Days that comes with a leather jacket, T-shirt, jeans and boots. Uh, they're valuing they're valuing it, Andrew, at 50 to 70 thousand dollars. Something tells me that Henry Winkler is short on cash. What do you think? I definitely think he's short on cash, but if I had the money, I'd buy it. I had a crush on the Fonz. Really? I did. did. When I would watch Happy Days, I was like, oh, he's so hot. I am so sorry. I made that assumption that only like old people watch that show. But no, I mean, I mean, me too. I, I, I have some old school TV shows from way back before I was born that I enjoyed. Uh, wow. All right. Well, there you go, Andrew. That's a happy surprise that you liked Happy Days. Yeah, happy, happy. Yeah. Sad, sad. I don't know what the hell that was. All right, but I know what the hell this is. Jennifer Garner. I love how Jennifer Garner uh, did a Halloween with uh, her ex-husband, Ben Affleck, and his current flame, Jennifer Lopez. They did a Halloween together with the kids because, you know, Jen and Ben, the Jennifer Garner Jen and Ben, they have kids together. And, you know, they made a pact that, you know what, even even though that our our marriage has ended, we're still going to be together. We're still going to be a unit for the kids. And to do that with his current girlfriend, Jennifer Lopez, uh, on Halloween. I thought that was just fantabulous. That's awesome. Halloween's bringing the families together. I like that. Yeah. And you know what? Jennifer Garner may not be single because there's some speculation since she has a diamond ring on her finger that she may be engaged. So who knows? Some man may have already swept her off her feet. Oh, I hope she did get married or if she's engaged. And I can't wait to see the pictures. Hopefully it's a wedding. She's going to be engaged to Pete Davidson. Just you wait. Okay, now we'll have to fight. <laughs> I have to feel like her. Get away from him. <laughs> I just learned him. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, you know, we talked about how much we loved Oprah last week, Andrew. And it's that time of year where Oprah comes out with her list of favorite things. Are you ready to see what you cannot afford from this favorite list of things? <laughs> right. so, so we have a lavender scented stuffed animal for $40, a blue light glass for $27, skin tone crayons for $23, an electric toothbrush for $24. Is there anything in this list that you would you would get i'm disappointed this is a kid's 
bedtime set, a nightlight, a toothbrush, and something to drink out of, I'm out. Mm. No. How about a touchless sanitizer for $80? Now that I might get. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. You are rolling in money, my friend. Bubble bath for $68. You got a dog leash bandana and a back set for $93. Silk hair ties with an eye mask for $65. You got an air purifier for $1,300. A row machine for about $1,800. Yeah, Andrew, because people row. Is that a thing that people do? <laughs> I don't even know what, where, where are you going to? Uh, I guess the middle of nowhere in Missouri. I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, maybe like you're, you're, you're rowing through the Mississippi River or something. Like what? I, I think if you don't live in the rural parts of the country, rowing is not going to be relevant to you, you know? I, I don't see it happening in my foreseeable future. So this makes me want to buy the rowing machine now just in case. Okay. Well, you also have a cashmere throw for $248, which is obviously the very opposite of a rowing machine. And finally, you have a 10-piece cer- ceramic pots and pans set for $350. So, uh, Andrew, you choose uh, because you don't want to let Oprah down. You love Oprah as much as I do. So uh, give her your money because obviously she's struggling financially. <laughs> I <laughs> Oprah, take my coins. Just take them. Yeah. Well, uh, along with Oprah, Andrew, you love yourself some Mariah Carey, right? She's the best. Mm-mm-mm. She's the best. And apparently I learned from Andrew before the show that Mariah Carey is, in fact, a gay icon. Uh, this is the season for Mariah Carey. We know. We know that this is the time of year where her All I Want for Christmas is You song is going to be played 5,000 times a day on the radio station from now until like the end of Christmas. But even with that, Mariah is coming out with a holiday special this December on Apple TV Plus called Mariah's Christmas, The Magic Continues. And she's also on top of her All I Want for Christmas is You. She's also coming out with a new song uh, with uh, Khalid and Kirk Franklin, the gospel singer, called Fall in Love at Christmas. As if her All I Want for Christmas is You still isn't relevant enough nowadays. Mariah Carey is the god of Christmas. She I, has it. She owns it. It's going to say Christmas by Mariah Carey for now on. Yeah. You know what? Trademark it. That's it. On the calendar, December 25th. Merry Christmas. Under, under that. By Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, God. It's, 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 it's going to be like she's the author of Christmas now. It is. You'll see a Christmas item and it's like half of that goes to Mariah Carey when you buy it. Yeah, I love it. All right, 55% of people said they hook up with someone who looks like their favorite celebrity. Now, have anybody told you that you look like a certain celebrity, Andrew? I've heard a few. Yeah, yeah I've heard a few. Eat your elbow was one of them, and I don't see it, but I heard yeah. that. Yeah. I don't see that one, but okay. Okay, but but you would hook up with Idris Elba. Oh, anytime. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, hooking up with somebody that looks like you is like the equivalent of like masturbating to yourself in the mirror. Like, I don't know. I I think I would be kind of freaked out if I was like screwing someone that looked exactly like me. I think I would, too. I would have to put a paper bag over there. Oh, God. (laughs) If you did that for Idris Elba, he would think that he's ugly and he's so not an ugly man. Oh, no, he's not ugly. I don't think I look like him at all. So he is just my bread and butter. All righty. Well, there you go. All right, Sofia Vergara uh, from Modern Family, of course. She is executive producing and playing a Colombian drug lord for a Netflix limited series called Griselda. Uh, about Griselda Blanco, the powerful cocaine trafficker in the 80s. Uh, you know, Sofia Vergara is from Colombia. 
you hear her speak and you automatically know that she's from Colombia. Um, and when I saw this show, I was like, all right, one, this is great for Sophia. And two, it just made me realize that Modern Family ended. Have you, have you seen Modern Family, Andrew? I watched it a lot. I didn't know the show actually ended. It did after 11 seasons. I think it ended last year. <laughs> and I and I remember seeing all the press about it ending, but uh, this story from Sofia Vergara just recalled the fact that like, oh yeah, that show has ended. Because sometimes shows will be on for a long time that you think that they're still on, but no, sometimes long shows end. No, well, I've got to watch the end of it, but I'm excited for this. I love Sofia Vergara. And if this is like a good gritty show... I can't wait to watch it. Absolutely. All righty, we got former Raider, Las Vegas Raider, Henry Ruggs III, killed a 23-year-old woman and her dog. This was a story that was big this past week. The guy was going 156 miles per hour in his Corvette. But, you know, Andrew, he had the courtesy to just slow it down to 127, but it still crashed into them. And, he, and you know, let's mention the fact that he was twice the legal alcohol limit in his system. So... Mm. It's insane. I feel terrible for this woman in there. I, I, oh, it was angering when I read this. It was a triggering story. Yeah. It was just it's just like somebody loses their life because you can't be responsible. Throw him under the gel. And I don't like sending people to jail, but throw him under it. That's yeah. just pretty Absolutely. I totally agree. You know, um, Will Smith surprised the heck out of me. So um, Will Smith... So first of all, I like Will Smith because he's transformed like in so many ways uh, throughout the course of the pandemic. So do you remember on Instagram, Andrew, when he uh, like showed his like pandemic fat belly and he was just like, all right, I'm going to do like the pandemic lose weight challenge or some crap like that. And celebrities hopped on. Um, and of course, we were all laughing at the fact that Will Smith considered himself obese when really like he was like fit compared to most people. Um, and then I re recently uh, saw a story where Will Smith said there was a time in his life where he contemplated suicide. And I think that was just like all the pressure of fame and being the Will Smith character and this and that. And you would never think like a charismatic guy like Will Smith would, would be in a dark place like that. And now he has a memoir out, Andrew, where he says that he actually contemplating killing his father because when he was a kid, he saw his father like physically abused his mother. Like they were in a fight and I guess the father like punched the mother or something. There was blood and you know, just like Joe, just like Joe Goldberg did in the Netflix show you when he was a kid. Yeah. Will Smith was going to avenge his mother by almost killing his father. And you know what, even as he grew up and didn't kill his father, but his father was suffering from cancer and will looked after his father. He was contemplating it. He was still thinking like, you know what, you know, this guy's in a weak spot right now. I could do it. But of course, you know, he has a heart and decided that, nope, that's not going to resolve anything. So, Very happy to do that. I, Will Smith is inspirational no matter what he does. He's like almost the male Oprah at this point. <laughs> oh. That is a like he's getting close. Like if he just needs a television show and a talk show, I feel like people would gravitate to his energy like that because he's so open. Yeah. So it's, and when I heard about this, I was like, whoa. I wouldn't expect that from Will Smith, but now that I hear it, I'm like, well, I'm happy he's able to share it healthily now. Right, right. And then, of course, you and then of course you go to the opposite part of the spectrum to rich Mark Zuckerberg, rich Facebook guy. Now, now you probably heard that uh, Facebook 
the name has now been changed to Meta, <laughs> which yeah. is which is going to be weird. I don't think anybody's actually going to use the word Meta. Uh, so apparently, this company called Meta PCs they they may have beaten Mark Zuckerberg to the trademark on the word Meta, and they're saying, okay, you know, Mark, you could have it, but just give us twenty million dollars for the trademark rights. And Mark is just like. Eh, 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 wait a minute, I think that I have the rights. I think I could work around this. And I'm just like, you know what, Mark, You know, $20 million is like $20 in your pocket for you. Just give it up, you know? Right, just pay the people. All they want to do is make a little bit of money. Just pay them. Exactly. All right, and lastly, uh, did, did you watch the reality dating show Joe Millionaire back in the day, Andrew? I loved it. Oh, well, you know what? You're going to be happy because they're bringing it back. I'll bite with a new premise. So Joe Millionaire, for those of you listening that don't know, I believe the premise back in the day was, oh my God, all these women are fighting for a chance to be with a millionaire. And then there was a twist at the end. What was the twist at the end, Andrew? Joe is not a millionaire. He's almost broke. And I believe the women or the whoever woman contestant was left, they, they reacted like you expected those shallow women to react, which was just like, wait a minute, what? I'm sorry? Like, okay, maybe you're a good guy, but what? You're you're not worth a million dollars? Like what? <laughs> like that's a negative in your bank account? What? Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean to be fair, it is almost the equivalent of a scam because I think to be led to believe that you're coming on a show to be with a millionaire and then to be told, oh, this guy's not a millionaire. I mean, I, I okay, I, I guess yeah. If if I was told that and had that mindset, then yes, I would feel like I was being scammed. Yes. Yeah, it's Fox came out with the show and when I was younger and watched it originally I was like this is really really mean but then Fox also created the show where the contestants were trying to figure out if the heart of person they were going to win was gay or straight and if they were gay they walked away with like a million dollars and if they were straight the couple got the money wow <laughs> okay yeah wow <laughs> that what what, what? television reality shows they just come up with the wildest ideas Oh, boy. All righty. Uh, well, in case you're interested, Andrew, here's the trailer for the new revised version of Joe Millionaire, where I believe now they have two guys. And the whole premise of it is like the women contestants are not going to know which one is the millionaire. So two guys, one of them is a millionaire, one of them is not. And I, I think the premise of it is supposed to be like, oh, like. You know, love is love. Like, who cares about money? But, you know, I don't know. I, f- I have a feeling that if you find out you're the one, I, I feel, I have a feeling that if you you're, if you find out that you fall in love with the one that's not a millionaire, you're still going to be like, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I get the feeling this is going to be a bunch of people from TikTok on TV. Right. Here's a trailer. This January, history repeats itself. This is Joe Millionaire with a twist. One of these men is worth over $10 million. The other is not. Wait, what? Who is who? Let the games begin. Game on. I'm not doing drama. That is disrespectful. You're trying to sabotage me. Enjoying ourselves, are we? Joe Millionaire premieres this January on Fox. Yeah, so are you going to be there for for the revised Joe Millionaire? I have to. I'm going to watch it. All righty. That's your celebrity gossip. Okay. If you have a piece of celebrity gossip, let us know. Facebook.com slash the anything show. Um, Instagram and TikTok at anything show Francois. If it's possible to personal message us on YouTube, the anything show with Jean Francois is where you can find us on YouTube. All right. Jean Francois here with Andrew Vandertunt in our supersized episode. Yes, you heard it right. Uh, this will probably be the longest episode you will 
listen to in your lifetime. It might go up to two hours because already me and Andrew's part here has almost been an hour. And then uh, we have our Frankie Grande and Hector Navarro interview coming up. That's only 10 minutes, though, so that's that's easy on the uh, on the ears. But then after that, we, we spent some time with Nikki Trey uh, from the Just Because It Isn't There Doesn't Mean It Doesn't Exist podcast. I might be paraphrasing that. Uh, great conversation with her about her podcast, about mental health, about... Um, uh, oh, and about icebreakers. We did icebreakers, a, a nice game of icebreakers, right, Andrew? Oh boy! So, uh, wait, what? Some really good icebreakers too. I know, I know. So please stay tuned if you have the patience. All right, those two segments coming up on the Anything Show, Andrew. As always, it is a pleasure. Take care of yourself, and we shall. Even though we're going to see each other on the other side in a pre-recorded sense, we shall do this another time. Yeah, we'll do this again. Yes, sayonara, bitches. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here with uh, Frankie Grande and Hector Navarro. They're the hosts of the podcast, SpongeBob Binge Pants. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Thank you, John. I I have no idea who's which. Who's Frankie and who's Hector? (laughs) Well, I'm Frankie. No, I'm Frankie, the one that sounds like SpongeBob SquarePants. That's me. (laughs) And, And I am Hector. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. All right, well, you know, let's let's get started. I mean, look, I, I, I think uh, SpongeBob came out, uh, what, like a few months before my eighth birthday? So oh, my wow. goodness. Whoa. Oh, needless to say, I was a big fan growing up, and, and I still kind of am uh, nowadays. Uh, so tell me, in your opinion, what makes SpongeBob so significant enough that we have to recap it on a podcast? Oh, um, man. I mean, to me, I feel like the reason it is so significant is that um, the characters are so well written and so relatable. Like, uh, I I believe that you know the way people say you, in your group of four friends, you could, you're each one of the Sex and the City girls. I feel like it is the same thing for SpongeBob. <laughs> you know, in every friend group, there is a Sandy, a SpongeBob, um, a Squidward, and a Patrick. You know, so I just find that these characters are so relatable that um, everyone just fi- sees a little bit of themselves in it and gets a chance to laugh and gets a chance to just kind of enjoy life the show though there are wonderful meanings behind everything as hector and i discuss on spongebob binge pants on a surface level it is just there to make everyone smile and laugh and go through their day with a little bit more brightness and a little bit a few more rainbows yeah so i think that's why it stand it stood the test of time and why people have loved it for so many years absolutely john i think uh this is hector here and i think that like when you think about classic cartoon characters the most famous cartoon characters you've got mickey mouse bugs bunny and then you can honestly kind of skip to SpongeBob. And it's crazy that like a character yeah. created in the 90s, premiered in 1999, still around for about 20 plus years, is as famous as Bugs Bunny from the yes. 30s and 40s or Mickey Mouse from the 30s or the 20s, you know, with Steamboat Willie. Like it's wild. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that SpongeBob himself is such an iconic character. And like Frankie said, surface level, it's hilarious. It's still a super funny show. But when you get a little deeper, there's great themes, great stuff to unpack and uh, stuff that Frankie and I are learning every single week as we get to talk to the folks who actually were there from the beginning and who made the show. So it's been an honor for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah and, and can you, uh, I, I know that we want to, of course, tune into the podcast, but um, any surprising tidbit that you've learned from a voice actor, uh, anybody involved in SpongeBob that even the biggest SpongeBob fan doesn't know? Well, oh my gosh. I have my favorite, which is when we had executive producer Jenny Monica on the show, who actually started out as a receptionist and made her way all the way up to vice president of SpongeBob Universe, which is yeah. just what a beautiful, amazing and encouraging story. Um, and but what she said, what she told us was that it takes 10 months to do one episode, <laughs> 10 wow. months. And here yeah. I am thinking that it was like literally like one guy like drawing a flip book you know and he's like oh cool i finished the episode here send this to send this off to vo vocal producing like no <laughs> that is absolutely not not the yeah. case hundreds of people are involved in every single episode being made and it takes a full 10 months which is yeah. just sh that that shook me to the core i was like wow and how they keep delivering them is unbelievable yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty amazing <laughs> And I think I heard something like that about the Simpsons where it was like, oh, it takes like a year or two to create one episode. And I think that and, you know, the Simpsons, another example of a really long running, like well-established animated series. And uh, I, I mean, I think they do like 20 some episodes a season like any other network television show. So it's just insane, like the amount of work and time that goes into each episode of an animated series. Um, can you tell us uh, how. You know, and, and of course, I know, I know you guys know this from recapping the show on your podcast. How has SpongeBob progressed over time from episode one until now? Because, I mean, obviously, as someone who's seen it from the beginning up, up until now, man, it, it has it changed. You know, John, I, I it, it definitely has changed. And it's been amazing to get to talk about that as well, because so many of the folks that we're interviewing, you know, were storyboard artists and writers and directors since season one, and they're still working on the show. In fact, they're working on the show's plural because the Patrick Starr show is a spinoff that is currently being made right now, as well as Camp Coral, SpongeBob's Under Years. And these folks are working so hard and they're so protective of the SpongeBob world and they want to make sure that every episode is great. But at the same time, I really believe that if you compare SpongeBob, like you said, John, to a show like The Simpsons or any other long running show, it, it SpongeBob hasn't even changed that much because at the core, the characters are still pretty much the same. And that's been mind blowing for Frankie and I, too. We're watching the pilot episode. We're watching Help Wanted mm -hmm. and we're going, oh, my gosh. Mr. Krabs is essentially the same. Squidward is essentially the, like SpongeBob himself as a character. That core idea was so strong. Got to give it up to the late, great Steven Hillenburg when he created these characters. Like, wow, what an amazing kind of formula for each one of these iconic cartoon characters. And we say the word iconic a lot. I, Frankie, we, we have to stop saying iconic. It's, it's just, it's we I overuse know. it. But like, it's it's been wild to, to study the changes that have happened either cosmetically or like internally, but also to study how things have not changed. And it's one of the reasons why SpongeBob is so timeless, right? Simpsons and all these other great shows, they're a little bit more topical because they're yes. commenting on, on what's happening in American life and life around the world at that time. But SpongeBob, you can watch an episode from 04, 
You can watch one from 1999. You can watch one from 2021. And it all still feels like it is SpongeBob. Yeah. And that surprises me. The turnaround time. So surprising. Like the like family guy and things like that. If they, if they truly are, because they're so topical. I always yeah. feel like, oh, that's so funny because it's completely in the cultural zeitgeist. Like that happened last week, which I think I was like, that's crazy. Anyway, just de- deviating from our current <laughs> conversation about SpongeBob. This, this is this Marvel is at that. How our, this is what our podcast is like, by the way. We take we take a lot of left turns, you know, yes, a lot do. of detours, mm-hmm. but uh, we always get back to SpongeBob. <laughs> we do. I, I I want you to, uh, guys to uh, comment. Uh, well, uh, for, first of all, I mean, in terms of like the the change that I've noticed from SpongeBob from uh, uh, from episode one up until today. I mean, the animation of of course. I mean, if you Lush. look at the early episodes and look at now, it's just like whoa, yeah. what, what the heck on here. Uh, but also, I, I I want you guys to comment on the humor of the show because what I like about SpongeBob is that it's one of those kids programs that uh, teenagers, adults can also enjoy. Like it just has that like multi generational appealing humor. Yeah. Uh, so. I- you guys can talk about that and especially like you know <laughs> kind of similar to the you know the Bert and Ernie thing from Sesame Street these the sort of the indications of homosexual innuendo that people have speculated about Spongebob and Patrick <laughs> oh my god I'll take it Hector please <laughs> um, so you know the, the thing that is so amazing about Spongebob and what you have been talking about is that the the humor has always kind of stayed the same you know they haven't necessarily gone into they're like oh this show's been for so long now we need to get a little bit more crass a little bit more vulgar a little more this or that that is never the case they started with some incredible people from some of the early nickelodeon tv shows you know they had people that worked on ren and stimpy people that worked on rugrats people that worked on doug people that worked on hey arnold and they took a little bit of all of those shows and they combined it into the perfect formula which became spongebob squarepants and so they just hit upon this show with the perfect amount of every ingredient and then they could just stay true to that for the entire run of it and mm-hmm. you know we have spoken to several people you know about the spongebob and patrick and how everything is kind of up for interpretation and that's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about spongebob and patrick like me growing up as a gay boy i identified with spongebob so much and his love of rainbows and you know like sometimes his you know the fact that he has like certain effeminate qualities but also like can be like the person that shows up all the time and like because that's what I have myself. So I saw myself in SpongeBob. And so I took away with it that. And then, of course, I do see the homosexual innuendos between SpongeBob and Patrick because I'm a gay man. So those mm-hmm. kind of things always make me chuckle and laugh. But then there are people that have platonic relationships with their best friends. And they're like, oh, my God, that's exactly what me and my best friend are like. Yeah. You know, it, like, we're brothers. And this is what we do. We walk through the world together. And that, remember that one time we had to take care of our neighbor's baby? Oh, it was like me and my bro taking care of our baby. But like for me, I'm like, that's those are gay dads. And yeah. the fact that it's open to that kind of interpretation is why it so universally appeals to everyone. It's a yeah. it's a be- it's a beautiful show. And it's been great to be able to host this show with Frankie. We're watching it. And from episode one, Frankie's like, this is how SpongeBob in this example is breaking down some gender norms. And yes. I'm like not even realizing it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And, and I think it's the show just wants to create these characters that are really pure of heart and really beautiful, loving, wonderful characters. And but, you know, it. It's true that even in doing what they're doing in the show, like, oh, yeah, they are technically kind of commenting on gender norms in 1999 and 2021. Like, it's all beautiful and it's all there. And uh, it's just been my greatest honor to get to know Frankie and to get to do the show with him. It's been great. 
Yeah, no one's whacking yourself over the head with a message in this show. Which yeah. is why I think it's so nice. Like, and that's what we talk about on our podcast a lot is that like, you know, these messages are absolutely there if you want to see them. And if you don't, yeah. then you can just laugh, laugh and go about your day. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Frankie Grande and Hector Navarro, host of the podcast, SpongeBob Binge Pants. Find it wherever you get podcasts. Thank you guys for uh, being on the show. And especially thank you for reminding us uh, why uh, SpongeBob is such a, a gem in our culture. You're Thank the best, you. John. Thank you so much, John. We really appreciate it. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here with uh, Andrew, of course, as always, on the Anything Show. And our special guest here, Nikki, who is from, and let me know if I get this wrong, Nikki, uh, the podcast called Just Because You Can't See It Doesn't Mean It Doesn't Exist. Is that the name of your podcast? Yes. Yes, it is. So that, because that is a title like I've never heard before. What is like, what can you tell us about your podcast based on that title there? Well, you can't see mental illness. Um, And it's hard to explain to other people what you're going through for them to understand it if they don't have a mental illness that they're suffering from. So like some people are critics when it comes to that, like, oh, she's just crazy or doesn't know anything it's just like okay well just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist to me you know so to to me that was a very powerful quote to myself so I was like you know what this will be great for a podcast title and it may seem a little long and a little confusing at first but once you get to dive into my podcast you'll shortly figure out why it is called the way it is and I, um, I, I mean, is, is it based on personal experiences? Is that why you decided to start this podcast about um, mental health? Yes, this is all based off of my real life history, my past, my present and my future. Um, I talk about things that I go through on a day-to-day basis, things that I struggle with, with my mental illnesses, things to help other people cope with their mental illnesses. Um, I, I, to be quite honest, I started this about three years ago and I can't even remember the real reason why I did it. I just kept going with it and I wanted to see where it went. And my therapist says it's a good idea. So I just kept going. Mm. And, um, can you tell us an episode that really meant a lot to you? Um, the episode that means a lot to me the most is the, uh, artist in the canvas is you. Okay. What, what's that one about? That one is about, you know, your body's your temple, your body is your, your canvas. And me, I have a bunch of tattoos that tells a story about my life. So like my body is my canvas. My mind is my canvas. My soul is my canvas. And what I make of it is the artist in me. And it kind of explains a little bit a lot about that. Mm. There's so many. There's just so many that I've done that I can't even remember much about. But after I go back and listen to it, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Well, me and Andrew uh, listened to your podcast and we uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Andrew, was there an episode uh, in particular that that really uh, got to you? Yes. The episode, unless you have coffee, don't wake me up in the morning. 
(laughs) (laughs) Immediately, the title jumped up at me. But it was so relatable because mornings can be one of the most difficult times for me. Was there... What... I can't even phrase the question right. I'm trying to think, to think about it. When you made this episode, was it on a Monday where you were originally like, damn, this is one of those fucked up Mondays? <laughs> probably, probably not. It could have been one of those days where um, back then when I, re- when I recorded that, um, I was having a lot of problems with my kindergartner, my daughter. And it got to the point where the school wouldn't help me get her out of the car because she'd throw these temper tantrums and um, there was nobody to help me get her to school. So she'd be truant for uh, behaviors. So like in the mornings were very hard for me to do anything remotely of my daily routine because I'd have to attend to my daughter. She's got ADHD and ODD. So um, dealing with all that. So yeah don't wake me up in the mornings unless you got coffee is really difficult at that time for me anyway so to now yeah I still live by that day don't wake me up until I get coffee (laughs) (laughs) Andrew are you like that because I know that you are like a night owl to a tea so I figure that in order to be a day person you have to have that cup of coffee oh yes the smile and happiness it is not all year round and it doesn't just appear. I need the coffee in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I have a bad coffee addiction. Like I get rewards on my scooters app and they give me free drinks because I spend so much money there. What the heck is scooters? Scooters, is that a coffee place that I don't know that I don't know about? Yes. Oh my God, yes. It is so much better than Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And right now they've got this caramelicious blended um it's like a, it's like a cappuccino kind or frappuccino that people would say, but it's a blended um, caramelicious caramel drink with whipped cream on top and extra caramel drizzled on the inside of it. I like those, but they have my favorite going on right now. It's that pumpkin spice uh, caramelicious. And I've had like, uh, I get a large with about three or four shots of espresso in it. Wow. So each dollar you spend is like three smiles that you get. And you have to get like 127 smiles to get a free drink. Hmm. Andrew, so, have you- I'm ready to go try it. I'm ready to go try it. Three shots of espresso. My heart would be racing and I'd be sweating sitting still. But I okay, think- let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to try it too. I mean, just the tagline better than Starbucks is enough to hook me in. So uh, yeah, let's try scooters, and hopefully they'll advertise on the Anything Show soon. That'll be great. Uh, that would right. be that would be awesome. I know that would be great. So Nikki, uh, I loved your recent episode about turtling. Now, because my mind is my mind, when I just read the title before even listening to it, I thought like, oh, turtling is that like some urban dictionary term that I don't know about? Uh, but actually, it is a much more important. Uh, term that you learned from your therapist can, can you tell us what turtling means um turtling is basically a soothing calming mechanism that they use in small children um, to help understand their emotions and how to control them and um my therapist worked with me on that because 
Well, there's exercises that we go through, which I'll continue on with my podcast going through those. But turtling is to help me recognize that I work and think and act like a turtle and to get the, um, the thoughts and emotional concepts going. It helps me understand that a lot better and, and a lot more better words that he can put into it than I can. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. I think I think that's a great explanation of, of turtling. Uh, so just because you can't see it doesn't it doesn't ex- a great podcast about mental health. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Nikki, before we let you go, we got to play a round of icebreakers because I think it's going to be a great opportunity for our audience to get to know you and listen to your podcast, and of course for me and Andrew to get to know you as well. Uh, okay. See here. If you could magically become fluent in any language, what would it be? Um, baby language. Baby language. Yep. If baby was a language, I would love to understand what goes on in the thoughts of a baby's mind. You know, interesting you say that because when I hear any language, I thought you were going to be like, oh, French, Spanish, Dutch, Korean, but <laughs> baby language. Okay, okay. You've got sign language, baby language. You've got um, the our actual language itself. There's so many different ways, body language. Um, I, I definitely like the baby language. That would that would definitely soothe me more. Yeah, and I know you're a stay-at-home mom. Do you have a baby right now? Like, or do you have like grown or kid, older kids? I have a nine-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy. I missed out on my children's baby stages because I worked three jobs while their dad stayed at home and took care of them. So I, I, I missed out on quite a bit of the baby stages. Ah, gotcha. So uh, baby language. I mean, <laughs> I'm so tempted to ask you to like give us an example of what baby language could sound like. Because to, to me, it's just like, oh, go, go, gaga, go, go, gaga. like that, that's, that's all I can think of. <laughs> It's like I know it's like much more complex than that because you're a stay-at-home mom. You, you know it better than I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, mine, I don't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't know. I mean, I miss those stages and hearing babies coo and odd is it just fascinates me. I wonder what they're thinking and what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, you have any idea? Uh, uh, what language you could become magically fluent in if you had the opportunity to do so? I want to learn the language of Morse code. I would Morse. love to just have like one of those little machines and be tapping it, <laughs> talking about somebody all the time. I'm like, oh my God, you have to hear this. Yeah. Like, didn't they use that in like the 1840s to communicate or something? Like, yeah. that, that's kind of a language to learn. Sorry. Kind of, it looks like it's kind of tough, but if you're ever in a submarine and things go awry, look for the guy who knows Morse code. You're getting out alive. Okay. Right. How, how do you, wait, uh, 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 Nikki, uh, what, uh, we saw your dog on Zoom there. What, what, what kind of dog is that? That's a, that's a cute. She's a, um, an American pit bull. Okay. All right. Yeah. And we have like, yeah, we, I think we have about like four or five of those at uh, the, the house that I share with my girlfriend and her best friend. So <laughs> very familiar with the pit bulls. <laughs> yeah, she was my son's um, sixth 
birthday present. He wanted a turtle, but he got a puppy. <laughs> oh, wow. Very, very different. They're very different. I mean, one is definitely more high maintenance than the others. So, yeah. Yes, I thought, well, let's let's work with the puppy before we can work with the turtle, because I'm not stuck cleaning a tank that I don't know nothing about, and I don't like turtles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, turtles, I don't know, they're just like very boring, and I mean, at least to me, they just seem like they don't do much of anything, and that, you know, they, you have, like you said, you have to clean their tank, and like, it, it seems to be a lot more work and also a lot less work at the same time. Yeah, I've also had a very traumatic experience with a turtle and um, it really sucked. I, I had a snapping turtle snatched to my face at six years old. So like oh. turtles are no go for me. I thought it wanted a kiss and it didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Andrew, how do you feel about turtles? <laughs> turtles, they're very judgy. I don't really feel that they support the world in a positive light. If you look at them, they're always glaring back at you. They have bad things on their minds. Don't want them. <laughs> All right. So we've established that we're very anti-turtle on this show. So that's that's wonderful. Uh, look, if I actually become fluent in any language, I would say <clears throat> probably Spanish. You know, like I took Spanish back in elementary school. I barely paid attention to it. And as Me I grew, oh, you too. Yeah, we had to take Spanish in ninth grade, but I didn't make it past further than that, so I didn't yeah. get to learn much in Spanish anymore. Yeah, I think as I grew up, I realized how sexy a language Spanish could be. So to be able to learn that, that would be awesome. But like, like I know that French is the language of love, but you know, look, I mean, my last name is Francois. I come from a Haitian family who like has French as their secondary language. So I, I, I've had enough of the, you know, la bibliothèque and like, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> I, I want, I want, les dios mijos taco bell. I don't know. I, I'm, obviously I need to know Spanish, but you know what I mean. <laughs> John, you just insulted my entire lineage. <laughs> wait, wait, do you have Spanish? Andrew? Um, I don't know. I haven't done an ancestry test yet, but I do know how to say hola and I say it quite well. How do you say hola? I, I know a little bit in Spanish. Muy poquito en español. Wait, wait, say that one more time, Nikki. Muy poquito en español. I know very little Spanish. Oh, is that the only phrase in Spanish that you literally know? No. Um, hola, como estas? Um, muy bien y tú means um, hi how are you I'm fine and you um, uh, yo me llamo Nicolasa means my name is Nicole mm -hmm. um, uh, how do you say es como se dice like how do you say uh, red in Spanish is como se dice red is roja means red uh, just simple little things. Uh, Andrew, come on. G give me your seductive Spanish. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, literally as much as I know. But a good hello with a smile, you can survive anywhere. Okay. Yes. I had and to learn a little bit of Spanish in the medical field to help the residents that couldn't speak English. So it was really hard to communicate with those ones. 
Uh, well, that was very nice of you to do that for the uh, people in the, in the medical field there. All right, next question. If you could be immortal, what age would you choose to stop aging at and why? Uh, Andrew, how about we go to you first this time? Uh, I think I'm going to choose 45. I feel yeah. like I'll look like nice and cute, little salt and pepper beard. And, you know, I can kind of pass throughout the ages without people taking too much recognition. Hmm. Yeah. Nikki? I I was going to say 38, 40, you know, young enough to do it, or young enough to, what, what is that that I like to say? Um, dumb, dumb, young, young enough to do it and dumb enough to something like that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm young and dumb at the same time is what I want to say. Okay, okay. Uh, Wait, Andrew, are black people capable of doing salt and pepper beards? I thought that was like a white person thing. Yes, of course we can with the right amount of hair dye and commitment. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, that I look, I, I look very much forward to growing up then because I didn't know that that was a thing that we could do. I thought, I thought for us it was either like black beard or gray beard. I didn't know that we could do hey, like an beards. Are, beards are in right now. Mm-hmm. Can Everyone's beard is kind of different. They put little ornaments in it. Wait, what? So people down here in Kansas, they put ornaments in their beards and glitter. Mm -hmm. Wait, is that a holiday season thing or is that like a year-round thing? I would it's do like glitter beards anytime. Oh they, they, for, it's for Christmas. And then during like New Year's and stuff, they put like little bedazzled gems that they, that, uh, it, they go in your hair, they just spin in your hair, hair, and the guys will put it in their beards and they'll have like gems sitting in their, in their beards and it's actually pretty sexy. Wow, that sounds like a very delicious beard. I think I'd like to try that out myself. Okay, uh, I think, you know what, you guys are probably gonna look at me weirdly, but I think that the age I would choose to stop aging at is 100 years old. Not even kidding, 100 years old. I don't know Why? because I'm so obsessed with the idea of living to see a century like to see a century of life to me is very fascinating like I would have mm -hmm. so many stories to tell uh sure would I be able to walk or use the bathroom by myself that's up for debate but you know I I don't know I just feel like there's just you know to see like how advanced the world becomes uh, over time and to just look back and see how far we've come like I don't know. There's just something about living a lifespan of a century that seems fascinating to me. So if I can get to that point and then mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, cares about a 106 year old, that would be great. Right. I, I could see that point. I can definitely see that. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, wait, wait, what, what was that, Andrew? I was saying I could see that. And you could also get away with amazing amounts of Social Security. So, yeah. Do it. <laughs> that's that's the only reason why i want to stop at 100 i want to cheat the dig the, the damn system cheat the system they deserve yeah. it i got so, <laughs> got so much debt so if the, if, if the government can help me out with some social security checks by the hundreds or the thousands great take them all yeah <laughs> yeah all right next question if you could be on a reality tv show which one would you choose and why? Nikki. The price is right. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, you, you know what? That's 
okay, you know what? I'm going to give you that one. I mean, I, I, I think game show, but I guess game shows are technically reality shows because they do star real people. Okay. All right. Uh, why would you be on The Price is Right? Because being a stay-at-home mom, I'm pretty sure I've got all the household items on lockdown. Yeah. I think I could, I could, I think I could thrive in that game show. I'm not yeah. very good at Jeopardy or um, uh, Wheel of Fortune or anything like that, but I think I could do it. I think I could be really good at The Price is Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've always dreamed of being on that show, uh, but I do know that A, it's all the way out of California, and B, uh, you don't have like the super guarantee of getting in. Like usually people have to like camp out for hours on end, like the night before to have just a chance of getting into the studio audience. So I don't know if it's worth that much trouble, but you know, if you end up being on The Price is Right, Nikki, I mean, let me know and, uh, and I'll, be, I'll be so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I'll scream at my television, just letters. It probably won't listen, but well, work, so don't listen to me. But I will just scream letters. <laughs> I'll try and listen. That's my favorite thing about The Price is Right, is like, if you're in the audience and you don't get picked to be up on stage, you'll end up just being like, no, four, six, no, eight, eight, L, L. Like, it's just like, you're just screaming. You know? <laughs> Andrew, what about you? I'm, I'm expecting. <laughs> oh, Nikki, your dog is so adorable. Nikki's dog is just like licking his tongue and just sticking it out and just being Aww. a cutie. She has to put her two cents in. Yeah. Now, Andrew, are, are you going to choose a respectable reality show to be in, like The Price is Right, or do you want to do just something completely trashy? Uh, I'm debating between trashy or being naked and afraid in the woods. I don't know. Um, I kind of feel like I'm going to go with the former. I'm going to be a trashy person. I'm getting on the bad girls club and I'm just going to be a ratchet for no reason. <laughs> I've heard of the bad girls club. What is that show about? Like, what, yeah, who's what it? is that about? So the bad girls club, it's this very classy television show where young women come on to the show. They have lots to drink when it comes to alcohol. They punch each other, destroy the house, but they don't leave the way they came. They turn it all around with a therapy episode for 30 minutes, and then they're fixed. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's it was see. a concept, and it's canceled for a reason, but I'd go on there just because, because it always looked like fun. So... The show is basically, let's see how much of a toxic mess we could become and how quickly we could be fixed at the end of an episode. That's what it is? Yeah, they literally will tell these people who go on the show, hey, don't drink too much, it's okay. But the first moment they walk in the house, there is stacks of liquor greeting them. And they're just like, mm -hmm. here, have at it, people. And it's truly the Hunger Games on television. Yeah, wow. All right, I gotta That's check that out. Is that, what, is that one of those shows that aired on Oxygen by any chance? You know, of all networks, it aired on Oxygen. And I will advise anybody who listens, do not watch it. You will lose brain cells. It is a <laughs> show that is damaging to the psyche at times. <laughs> uh, speaking of shows that might be damaging to the psyche at times, um, I guess my reality show, if I could choose to be on a reality show, 
even though like I've never cared to watch it and I've never cared for the family whatsoever, for some reason I would, I, I think I would like to be on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, th I think it's just the, 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 the fact that this family is as famous as they are. And actually, when you like kind of look into what they consider to be important in their lives, the fact that they're like unintentionally hilarious. Yeah, I think I would just be on the show and, and to, to just laugh my ass off and have a good time and just appreciate how absolutely absurd they are. You know, you got to appreciate the small things, right? Yeah. And I guess to also <laughs> Kardashian up close to see if like, you know, what they say is true. Like, oh my God, like she has a really big butt and whatever. Like, you know, it, it, it almost seems like, like a museum piece that you want to see up close. Like, oh, is it really as big as it seems? Right. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I can see that. I can see it. I, I would watch. John, if you were on, I would watch. I would You'd have that. a stand out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I could become one. I could become John Kardashian. I could get the surgery. I could become one of the ladies. I could get a butt. I could get boobs. I could date any famous black guy that is out there right now, specifically in the NBA. <laughs> like, it would be great. <laughs> would love it. All righty. Uh, last question before we leave here. Um, hmm. If you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend, who would it be and why? Oh, dear Jesus. That's a, that's a hard one. Anyone from history? Yeah. Uh, you would have to put me on the spot like that, wouldn't you? I know. I know. Any person from history to be your imaginary friend. It could be dead or living. Dead or living. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I really have to think hard on that one. I that that's pretty hard because there's so many different <clears throat> in, in, inspirations out there. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, you have one in mind. I do. I would choose George Washington. Really, George Washington would be my imaginary friend because he would be forced to be with me twenty four seven. And I would make him suffer. <laughs> why? Because he owns slaves? Like, why? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, he's one of the worst people in history. You've got to just give it to him. He has the cake and the Grammy for one of the worst people known to human history. But I want him to see what he created. This is his legacy that he left behind. And I'm going to make him pay for it. Wow. <laughs> so, wait, are you just going to put him, like, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to make him, like... How, how are you gonna make him suffer is, is what i'm asking we're gonna have tea parties his name will no longer be george washington it will be georgie boy <laughs> i am going to make sure that everything that i can find that he hates or annoys him i will scream georgie boy at the top of my lungs if i have to <laughs> oh i will annoy God. him all history for the rest of his life for the rest okay. of my life. I, I think i would have to probably go with amelia Earhart. Oh. Interesting. Why is that? Because she disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle, and I want to know where that was, and if she's, you know, because nobody ever found her body or anything like that. I want to know what happened to her. Man. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of like Tupac. We don't know if Amelia Earhart is alive or dead, so. Yeah. yeah. 
and yeah. and I've seen some pictures um, in the history, in not really history books, but in you know like those geographical magazines and history, like it, it's like the National Geographic, but it's got a lot of information in it. Um, but they had a picture of what they thought looked like Amelia Earhart and if she was still alive. So that had me question and believe whether or not what is the bu the Bermuda Triangle and why why did her plane crash over it and why it's so it's so spooky. I want to know about it. All right. Um. <clears throat> well, for my person from history who would be my imaginary friend, I'm kind of split. I'm kind of split between two presidents who are long gone. Uh, one, FDR, Franklin Delano, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, I think his full name is. Uh, just because like, I, I love uh, American history and presidents and uh, FDR presided over a, a very, very notable time in our country's history, You know, World War II, the Great Depression. So I probably would wanna have him by my side to just ask him questions about how the heck did he do all that? while battling polio from a wheelchair. Uh, I mean, and he's our longest running president. No president since has served more than two terms and he almost served four. So right. that, that's another question. Uh, and then again, you have JFK who obviously died too soon. I, I don't think he even served a full first term, no. uh, but like, I don't know, he had that swag about him. Like he had that, like, you know, he, had, he comes from a rich family you know, they got, they, they got a great home in Cape Cod, which I think I visited when I was at Cape Cod. Uh, you know, even though he was supposed to be a happily married gentleman, you know, it was, it was known that he was kind of sticking around with Marilyn Monroe and all those people. You know, he was friends with like Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack, all those uh, mm -hmm. old school, old fashioned entertainers. God, who would I choose? You know what? I'm going to go with FDR. I'm going to go with FDR. I think FDR has a lot more uh, that I can learn from. Whereas with JFK, it's like, oh, you know, you only served like two years in office. You messed around with other women and then you died. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Probably boring compared to you guys. I mean, you got like George Washington calling him Georgie boy, spanking him for <laughs> and then uh, Nikki has uh, Amelia Earhart and she's going to try to find her in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. I just okay. You've got some cool things there. You know, FDR has done the things. He's done them. He's so got power. Mm. Yeah. You've got power. My president, no power. You've got power on your side. I mean, your president was the very first president that we had. Uh yes. so he's the letdown. He's the example of what you don't want to be. He's on the mm. one dollar bill. <laughs> exactly he's on the one dollar bill oh, yeah God. it doesn't really mean much anymore uh, unfortunate unfortunately well nikki from the just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist podcast uh it, i try saying that 10 times over I, 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 that, that would be a good tongue twister game i like that <laughs> nikki so thank you so much for joining us and how can we stay in touch with you tell us how we can find the podcast and go um you can find my podcast on itunes or anchor it's under just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist 
Um, and I am honored to be here and I appreciate you letting me be here. So thank you. Listen to the anything show with John Francois on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and on Instagram and TikTok at anything show Francois. Now go lick some sweet and sour sauce. 